All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast. My name is James, and I'm your host, and today is episode 21. Now, today, we're going to be talking about what do Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, and Tang all have in common. That's probably one question that you've never asked yourself, and today, I'm going to ask it for you, and we're going to discuss it. So... For the next several episodes, I'm going to do something a little bit different. There are so many innovators when it comes to food. On one end of the spectrum, you have chefs that are tucked away in small kitchens coming up with innovative spins on classic dishes. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have brilliant scientists in sterile labs coming up with Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, and tank. Now, I've done a lot of episodes on restaurant history uh, with different restaurants throughout the country and world. I've done uh, the history of a few different food companies. Now I want to highlight some of the amazing scientists that have revolutionized the food world. I want to go into the inventors behind some of our most beloved snacks and food products. Now, food science is an incredibly interesting field. There's a lot of research and money that goes into product development for a food company. Now, at one point in college, I actually wanted to become a food scientist. And you might be wondering why I didn't move forward and get that degree. You know, I absolutely love cooking. I absolutely love messing around in the kitchen with food and coming up with different things. However, there's a lot more to food science than just messing around in the kitchen. This degree is rigorous. It's no joke. It's very science-intensive, math-intensive. It's a very technical degree. And a lot of people at my university would use food science as a uh, pre-med degree. And it, I mean, it's so intense. It's checking all the boxes, all the prerequisites for medical school. Now, there's a lot of brain power behind the stuff that we eat. Today, I'm going to talk about William A. Mitchell, and he's a gentleman that fit that mold perfectly. Now, to answer my question at the start of the show, he was the brilliant inventor behind Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, and Tank. Now, I had to do a double take when I'm reading this online. Uh, I, I was researching pie a few weeks ago and came across Cool Whip and found out that the guy that invented Cool Whip also invented Pop Rocks. And oh yeah, he also invented Tang. And those are just the big inventions that that he is known for. In the course of his career, he had over 70 patents. That's an incredible number of patents for any one scientist to achieve in their career. So who was William Mitchell? He was born in Raymond, Minnesota in 1911, and he grew up on a farm. Now, we hear that, that old cliche of growing up on a farm and hard work, but, I mean, he really knew how to work. As a teenager, he had a job running sugar crystallization tanks for the American Sugar Beet Company. Now, this was a night job during high school. 
So he was working a full-time job and going to school and catching a few hours of sleep here and there. Now, think about that for a minute. (laughs) That's crazy. I can't imagine trying to do something like that while going to high school. He then worked as a carpenter to earn uh, tuition money to go to Cotner College in Lincoln, Nebraska. And then he got a master's degree in chemistry from the University of Nebraska. So very well-educated and high work ethic. After college, he was able to get a research research position at an agricultural experiment station. And while he was stationed there, he was involved in a lab accident that actually left most of his body covered in second and third degree burns. So I'm, I'm not sure what the nature of the accident was, but it sounds like he was lucky to be alive afterwards. In... 1941, William joined General Foods, and General Foods was eventually picked up by Kraft Foods and became one of their divisions. In 1941, during World War II, there were many different food items that experienced uh, severe shortages, and tapioca was one of those items in short supply because of the conflict in the Pacific. And that's when William had his first major breakthrough. He invented a tapioca substitute. Now, this invention thickened a lot of the food that soldiers ate overseas, and they lovingly nicknamed it Mitchell Mud. Now, whether it was lovingly or (laughs) had some sarcasm behind it, that's that's something for debate. But it, it really was a significant breakthrough. And from there, he went on to have other major breakthroughs. Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, and Tang, you know, we mentioned those. But he also developed a quick-set Jello and powdered egg whites. He had a long and successful career. He had seven kids, and one of his daughters went on to become a food scientist. William died July 26, 2004, in Stockton, California, at the age of 92. So with someone that contributed so much to food history, I wanted to spend the rest of the episode talking about his three major products and a little bit about the history behind them. Now, we've all had Pop Rocks. If you haven't had Pop Rocks, Go get a pack and try some. It's really an interesting sensation in the mouth. It will literally tickle your taste buds. Pop Rocks was patented in 1961 by William Mitchell and Leon Kremsner. However, it wasn't offered to the public until 1975. And in 1983, it was pulled from shelves, and the excuse being slow sales. Kraft Foods owned the product and licensed it to Zeta Especial, who manufactured the candy under the Kraft license. It's distributed now in the U.S. by Pop Rocks Incorporated and by Zeta Especial in the rest of the world. So it never really went away. Kraft just got out of the business. Now... Pop Rocks is a, a difficult candy because it does not have a long shelf life. The process behind making Pop Rocks is that it's he- the sugar in the water, it's heated to an intense 
temperature. And then as it's cooled, it's put uh, under extreme pressure while simultaneously being uh, infused with CO2. Obviously, there's a lot more to the process than I've oversimplified it, but that CO2 doesn't have the same zing and pop as the candy ages and as it gets old on the shelf. Now, initially, when they released this to the public, distribution was tightly controlled to combat that, to ensure freshness when you go and buy a pack of Pop Rocks. Um, Now, today, there's a great urban legend that has made its way around and uh, I'm sure you've all heard it if you've had pop rocks at some point someone has probably told you make sure you don't eat those pop rocks while you're drinking soda and this is something I've seen on television shows even recently it's still being made fun of in pop culture because of how seriously the public took this back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, they really were frightened that eating Pop Rocks while drinking soda was going to cause your stomach to explode. Think about that for a minute. (laughs) The city of Seattle even had to have a hotline opened up uh, to handle worried and distressed parents that were calling about their kids and, you know, eating pop rocks and drinking soda. So General Foods got so serious about battling this urban legend, they actually sent William Mitchell on the road to explain and do a campaign, a PR campaign that pop rocks uh, aren't going to cause your stomach to explode if you drink them with soda. In fact, a package of Pop Rocks contains less gas, less CO2, than half a can of soda. This legend still is going to pop up from time to time, and it's always going to have its place in pop culture. However, one of the very first episodes of Mythbusters tackled this myth, and uh, they used a pig stomach and tried to rupture it with a pack of Pop Rocks and a can of soda, and they couldn't do it. So if you enjoy Pop Rocks and you enjoy Coke, you can enjoy them simultaneously without fear of your stomach blowing up. Now, Cool Whip. Cool Whip is one of those essential toppings for a lot of different desserts and sweet things. I think it's most famously mixed with Jello to form one of those delicious desserts, like a creamy jello dessert. Cool Whip is an artificial whipped cream topping. For those of you that have never had cre- uh, have never had Cool Whip, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, that's what it is. So it's artificial whipped cream. Um, when this first hit the market, it was marketed as a dairy-free uh, whipped topping. Um, now this seemed to be a theme of William's inventions. He found substitutes for common products people loved, you know, World War II, they have a shortage of tapioca. So he comes up with an alternative and, uh, Cool Whip. It's a dairy free whipped cream substitute. Now today it's owned by Kraft Foods. 
and it's the most consumed brand of whipped topping in the U.S. So this beats out traditional conventional whipped cream. Cool Whip was invented in 1966, and the major advantage of the product at the time was that it could be distributed frozen. So it was very easy to produce in large quantities and to ship it out. You know, you can freeze it, extend the shelf life, and it's much easier to handle and uh, deal with the logistics than handling fresh dairy. Now, in Cool Whip today, it's not dairy-free. They actually use some skim milk, but, um, you know, nevertheless, it's still very popular and still very tasty. There are nearly 200 million tubs of this stuff sold every year. That's incredible. Now I'm going to move on to Tang. We're going to end here with Tang. Tang came on the scene in 1957. That's when William invented it. It was first marketed in powder form in 1959. Now, for those of you that don't know what Tang is, I'm curious what rock you've been living under for the past several decades. But it's a powdered drink that you mix with water, and it's kind of uh, like an orangey an orange punch flavor, and it has uh, some vitamins and minerals that it's enriched with. Now, when Tang first launched, the sales were less than stellar. It really was not a popular product. Tang had its breakthrough moment when NASA used it on John Glenn's Mercury flight in 1962. They were doing a lot of experiments in orbit on how Astronauts would handle food and drink in a weightless environment, and Tang was the drink of choice in orbit. Now, because of use on that and subsequent missions, Tang became almost synonymous with the space program. And a lot of astronauts have actually gone on record saying they hate Tang, and Tang sucks. But, um, you know, that being said, it did get a major boost in popularity because of that. On later space missions, soda companies sent special cans of soda into orbit with astronauts. However, many still preferred Tang because you can mix it in existing water containers. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about William A. Mitchell and his contribution to food science and food history. You know, Cool Whip, Pop Rocks, Tang, these aren't little insignificant products or inventions. These were a big deal. They were widely distributed, still very popular today. We all know what these products are. We've all heard of them. And they even have a robust urban legend surrounding Pop Rocks. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible the reach that William A. Mitchell Mitchell has had with his influence in the world. And again, I can't state enough, 70 patents in a career. That's incredible for a scientist in a lab. So it makes you think, what's going to be that next billion-dollar food idea, and and who's going to be that individual that comes up with it? If you like what you heard, make sure you check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
at Toasty Kettle. You can also go to ToastyKettle.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there. And make sure you tell a friend. It really does help. Until next week.